Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and on demand out of the pan with Sally covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender on a Sunday afternoon. Three CR proudly broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to elders past and present and also acknowledging our rainbow elders who include sister girls and brother boys for their unique contributions to diversity on and around the lands. And welcome to listeners of all genders, including, but not limited, to ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm joined in the studio today by two very special guests, and um, they've got lots to talk about. If you want to get in touch with the show, um, there's lots of ways to do it. You can do the old-fashioned thing and email out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. We now have the permanent text number of 61456. 751215, so you'll have to alter those address books in the phone. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line, or look for the posts on Facebook, my page, and out of the pan, 3CR, 855 AM Melbourne, because, um, yes, um, there's lots to talk about today, and we will say that um, some of it could be challenging, um, so um, there are numbers to call, um, and which we'll give, um, including switchboard, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven and also the times you'll be able to get various services. But I'm joined in the studio by two fab people, um, Matt and Russ. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Hello. Sally. Thank you. Actually, I shouldn't assume gender, but I better, I should have done a pronoun check. Naughty <laughs> Sally. <laughs> I prefer they, them, actually, so thank you. That's a major slip yeah. on my That's part. all good. Okay. All right. So, um, peeps. Welcome, peeps. <laughs> um, I had, well, I'm going to say the honour to see the opening night in Melbourne last night of Russ's show produced by Matt and the team, um, My Other Closet, The Cabaret, um, which talks about a difficult topic, but one that, you know, has been, well, um, has been in the other closet for too long, that uh, the issue of family violence in rainbow communities. And um, you two are, you know, two of the drivers behind it. Um, how did, you know, what, you know, I always, I'm always curious, what was, the, was there an in- a sort of genesis moment where you said, we need to do this show? You know? Yeah, so... Um Rusty and I uh, were down in Adelaide on holiday for the um, Cabaret Festival, or or sorry, for the Adelaide Fringe Festival, and we saw a number of cabarets, some good and some not so good. Fringe. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we just sort of um, were kicking around the idea. We'd both been doing a lot of little one-off performances, and you you pour a lot of energy into recreating a new show every time. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes that's, uh, you know, financially viable. Most of the times it's not. Um, and so we thought, well, let's, let's figure out something that we can do that we can be passionate about and that we can work for, you know, years to build up. 
And we'd both had experiences of um, abuse in past same-sex relationships. And so, and Rusty's, I think, and I can say, a very talented singer and performer. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um, we thought, well, let's use your story and, um, you know, turn these negative experiences into a positive. Um, So we started developing it. Um, I wrote a script to get us our first grant from the Aurora Foundation in Sydney. Uh-huh. Um, and then that was successful. My script was very sort of Roger and Hammerstein, um, <laughs> not, not very good. And then we um, engaged a professional writer um, and they interviewed Russ um, for a while and helped us kind of develop the theatrical um, devices to... Um, kind of flesh it out more and make it yeah. um, make it a more um, nuanced and, you know, have lights and shades and, um, you know, pull all the different parts out of it. So. And very inclusive. We wanted it to be – it was important that it was inclusive. Mm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, we really wanted to make sure – we've always wanted to make sure that although the show is um, mm. using Russell's story as the, as the um, vehicle, that we can um, deliver messaging that um, talks about how domestic violence um, looks and shows you how it feels um, in any kind of relationship. Um, I think that's where we really – um, I think that's how we've been able to get such good support from partner organizations. And um, even Simon Ruth yesterday um, at our opening night said in his speech, so Simon Ruth, the CEO of um, Victorian AIDS Council, who's our auspice for this season, mm-hmm. said, um, you know, that uh, this goes w- well beyond, um, you know, posters and pamphlets. Um, and this doesn't just tell you what domestic violence looks like. It actually shows you um, what it feels like. And I think that was really lovely. I think it does. It does communicate. And that was something that struck me last night that, you know, you're you know, t- on two levels. Um, that first of all, yes, it, your, your experience is based on a gay male relationship, or, or I could even be precise and say a cisgender gay male relationship. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I suppose two things come off there. One is that you do try to be an ally to lesbian, bi and trans, which I think is really important so that, you know, we can tackle all of this. Mm. But also it struck me, and I'm just looking for the notes I took on the phone last night while it was happening, is that so much of it, yeah, did... Um, come across as it could happen in relationship of any, we'll say, gender, body, sexual orientation, style, etc., including but not limited to. And I think that's, I, I, I do appreciate that that's how we'll make it translatable mm. and therefore will reach a very, very big audience mm. across, you know, I call it broader community, which is really yeah. good, you know. How, and that's, I suppose, it leads to a question, you know, trying to put the script together and the show together. You know, juggling all those bits, you know, how did you manage to do that? Um, well, we've got some help along the way. That's um, been been a you know part of the journey. Um, we had a dramaturge who helped us in Sydney called Cess um, Busby, and then um, down here for the Melbourne show, we had a dramaturge. Uh, so a dramaturge is like a um, like a coach for a performance. Um, so they just help you tease out the performance. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what that weird word means, I um, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I do. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I, so our dramaturge down here was um, Jessica Murphy, and um, who yeah, was brilliant. By she the way. just was really brilliant. brilliant. 
And I mean, one of the other challenges in the show uh, or in the show's development is that, of course, you know, we're in a relationship uh, in re- in life. Um, we're mm. partners. And so, you know, it, sometimes the boundaries between um, working together on this art production and, uh, you know, personal home life, uh, not sometimes, they're pretty much always blurred. <laughs> and so, um, so Jess was also really good at being able, Jess is, um, uh, you know, at school at the moment to become a psychologist. So all, oh. has all these fabulous skills to be able to go right um let's just sit you both down and talk through the tension and figure out you know and she could she was very good at being able to go um no on this particular issue rusty you need to suck it up and you need to do what matt says it's right or the other way around and go no matt you need to just calm down on that one rusty's rusty's got a good point so that was really good um and i, I think uh yeah, it also helps that uh, in my day job, I work at the Australian Research Centre in mm-hmm. Sex, Health and Society, um, specialising in um, LGBTI domestic and family violence. And so um, had a really good uh, sense of what the research tells us um, is the experience of m- more people than just Russ. Um and so that was a constant, uh, a constant kind of lens over the whole show. Um, and part of that actually came out of the Sydney production, I'd say, because um, we really targeted, we did the Sydney production in um, Mardi Gras. Yep. In the Mardi Gras season. Um, and we really only targeted the queer audience um, in all of our promotion. And then we were really surprised that our audience on uh, during the run was about, um, about half of the audience was cisgendered heterosexual women. Um, and we were a bit, we were a bit um, just surprised by that and um, had conversations with a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they said that, look, they, they were a bit attracted to the show because um, they had either had a personal experience of domestic violence or had supported a loved one. Um, and they interestingly felt that um, seeing this big hairy bear guy in his <laughs> late 50s going to get up and tell his story of being on the receiving end of abuse um they they were i think they found that a little bit more trustworthy and a little bit more accessible than um you know if you saw something that was going to portray men's violence against women um we know that that can often be very victim blaming or you know not Mm. not be very good so i think the the sense that i got from that feedback was that um you know because of the kind of double marginalization um and additional oppression um i think that those people um sort of expected that we would we would be a more nuanced um uh, show and i think also in everything that we do with the show um we're really conscious that uh what we see very rarely in the domestic violence um uh primary prevention or awareness raising um space is um uh, messaging towards victims um most of the time it the what goes out there is like real men don't hit women um or you know blokes need to talk to other blokes and make this a behavior unacceptable and what's that doing that's still putting the message out there that who has all the power in society men you know and it's not going hey hey women or hey um uh, people who are you know receiving abuse from any gender or sexuality you're amazing you're beautiful you don't deserve this whatever that other person is telling you you know this this is not okay and you're fabulous and so i think because that's the really key driver in the show um you know that's a message that's accepted accessible to anyone and that's what we've tried to push the whole time oh look beautifully said i mean lots in there (laughs) and first um 
Seth Busby, of course, um, former writer for one of our queer papers, so well known to a few people. Um, it's one thought that came to mind, and that's got to be um, helpful. But, um, you know, so many things in there. I mean, people who feel mistreated and abandoned and unheard when someone else, you know, stands up, it's just like this, oh, it's like a... An emotional battery cable thing. So mm. I can, you know, can understand that you got, um, you know, um, women who'd been on the receiving end of it coming along, which is really cool. And I suppose on um, so many other things that there is that sense of bridge building. And I suppose, Russ, a question for you. Do you feel maybe that you're able to build bridges to um, males? Um, you know, yes, we, you know, we need to support the the victims, including women, but also we can't, we do need to try to prevent. Do you perhaps see yourself as someone who could build bridges to um, heterosexual men in that way, I suppose? Well, I, I, I would like to think that um, I'm able to build bridges to towards anyone who, mm. um, who uh, uses violence in um, in, in interpersonal relationships. Um, and, you know, in all honesty, as we were developing the show, that was probably the toughest part for me to come to terms with. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, us having a conversation about including some text into, uh, into the show and, um, and Matthew... Uh, suggested that there was a moment there that I, I needed to talk to the audience about um, about th- the perpetrator in my case and acknowledge the fact that um, th- this was a person that I loved. Mm. Um, it took a long time to get me to c- to get to, for me to get him to say the L word. <laughs> oh, understandably, um, yeah. and. and that yeah, that was that part was a bit of a struggle. But then when I got my head around all of that, um, it, it was very clear to me that um, you know this show needs absolutely to show the story of a survivor, but there has to be an acknowledgement in there that people who use violence in relationships also need help. You know, they, that it, we don't. We don't want to um, denigrate them or yeah. vi- vilify them or, or yeah. whatever. Um, everybody needs some form of yeah. assistance. I mean, so. we certainly um, we certainly believe and and portray that uh, um, someone who uses violence needs to take, um, take be accountable. Yeah, Absolutely. take responsibility for their yep. actions. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't want to be vilifying anyone because um, again, that's not going to build bridges. That's, That's not going to help people um, yep. change that behaviour. And, and I also think that the purpose of you know the purpose of this show, um, I hate the word victim. I hate it. Me too. Um, and so you know, this is the story of a survivor. Um, and uh, you know, that I really push that as far as this show is concerned. It shows you um, what can happen when you survive these things. Mm. Yeah. Lots in the show to talk about. We might have a pause there just to have a track. We opened up, by the way, today with Becky Cole um, a from a track from 2003, Life Goes On, which it does, but also acknowledging Becky Cole in her autobiography, Poster Girl, talks about the first two lesbian relationships she um, went through. Both were abusive. And so I suppose there's, I wanted, I thought it was a pretty good track to open up with. Um, and also got a, now a track from Paul Kelly, um, 
and about how you, in the end, you got through and sort of stood up. And um, this one's called I Won't Be Torn Apart. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and guests Matt and Russ. From Hi, it's Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. Paul Kelly and Shane Howard, two very strong supporters of 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au, and on demand, out of the pan with Sally. Um... And guests, Matt and Russ from My The Closet, The Cabaret, um, now in its Melbourne season, which we want to come back and talk about the show itself. But there are a couple of points along the way. I mean, sometimes we face stuff in our community and, um, you know, sort of it's not easy. And we've had a message from one of our loyal listeners, Melina, who said we must talk about taboo subjects like this, even if it's challenging. Um, Well done. And thanks for tuning in, Melina. But... um, yeah, there might be some people who would say, oh, you know, we can't talk about this because the right wing's going to attack us or something. Have you had that sort of stuff or any criticism at all? And if yeah, you have, yeah. You, so, we have you dealt with it? Yeah, it. I mean, it's an interesting thing because we also know the research shows us that that's one of the reasons why um, twofold, why, LGBT, mm. why, why LGBTIQ plus people don't mm-hmm. recognize domestic and family violence because the community doesn't talk about it. And also there's an added pressure um, to have perfect relationships. Yeah. And so it can, that can also be the exact same motivator as to why um, a person who's in an um, intimate partner violent relationship um, is less likely to come forward and seek help. Because especially if your background is one where you had a real struggle to come out yeah. um, and you've sort of proclaimed to the world, um, no, this is who I am and this is a good thing and I'm, and I'm going to celebrate it. And then it becomes very hard to then say, oh, maybe I chose the wrong partner, but it's not because I should have been heterosexual, you know, cisgendered, Mm. Um, you know, so that can be, that is why we call it my other closet, because it's sort of the second coming out to go, um, although, uh, you know, this is still a good thing for me. I still am, uh, you know, my my sexuality or gender identity, but, um, you know, but just like um, heterosexual people, uh, we also can have toxic relationships. So yeah, well, people um, are people, you know, with our, I'll say, ups and downs in simple yeah. language, and you know, the style of the relationship, for lack of a better word, whether it's heterosexual, gay, lesbian, monogamous, polyamorous, dot 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 dot, dot mm. you know, isn't going to change that. Yeah, it just mm. might right. emerge in but, different ways. But so yeah. we we absolutely have had um, uh, hesitance from um, queer people. Um, to kind of going, oh, you know, is this really what we should be talking about in, uh, you know, a potential plebiscite atmosphere? Um, and, you know, we think that that's, that it's really important because that is, uh, that is a, a silencing. That's a, um, erasing yeah. effect. Um, and interestingly, we, uh, have actually found our promotional material and anti-marriage equality sites. Um, yeah. even though, and this was what was quite funny about it in the middle of the article, they just copied and pasted i said um you know uh this is the quote from me it says something about um you know there is a hesitance to talk about these things because it might be used against us but you know we know that 
by sheer numbers, um, heterosexual relationships, cisgendered relationships are far more, um, you know, more people being abused. <laughs> mm, but nobody's, but nobody's saying, well, let's look at whether they should get married or not. Well, well, and they didn't the even take that out of the quote. They just put that in there. Obviously, they didn't read the whole article. They yeah. just looked at the headline and went, oh, this is good. <laughs> uh, what? Um, fundamentalist types not thinking carefully, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, well, and you've, hit a, you've touched on a really good point there that, you know, People say, oh, so um, LGBTI relationships aren't perfect, so they shouldn't be, you know, recognised or given legal standing or whatever. Um, what is it, you know, what? So we should ban heterosexual relationships yeah. and mm, between exactly. cisgender people, which is just plain silly. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it just, it, you know, their double standards can be easily overcome and it's, you know, just about everyone sort of will say lift, trying to lift their game. Mm. Um, the other thing about the show is you do have a great range of music in there. How did you come about selecting that? Um, Russ, you're, you're the person singing it. Yeah, so. well, yeah. Look, we looked at, a, we looked at uh, you know, a, a large number of songs and, you know, it was really important that each of the songs that I sing um, highlights, you know, some of the, some of the, the text that, that um, you know, I've just spoken about, mm. um, even if it's tongue-in-cheek. Um, and so, look, you know, there's 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 a song in there um, that you know Tammy Wynette sang called yes. "Stand by Your Man," which is, you know, when you listen to the words of that song, it's terrible. Mm. It's just terrible. It's you know saying things like, you know, it doesn't matter what he does to you, you just stand by him. You just stand by yes. him. And um, and it, it's really interesting to see the audience reaction when. When I, you know, I get up there and I sing this song after the after what I've just said to them, and um, and for the first time, a lo- I can see from the stage a light goes on and they go, oh no, that's terrible, you know. So mm. um, we um, we went through and looked at you know a lot of the words of of songs um, to, to to just try and enhance what. I'm talking about on the stage, and so the selection process was, um, uh, you know, relatively long. But um, I, I think we've got some great songs in there, and I think, and, that, uh, and we deliberately, um, we deliberately chose to do the entire show out of pop song covers. Yeah. Um, and the idea behind that was because we really want people to connect and go on yeah. the journey with Russ. Um, we thought, well, it's more relatable if you if you hear the song and you're like, oh, yeah. I know this. I, I remember hearing this in, you know, 1985 or whatever. And yeah. you picture yourself and then you then you listen again for the first time because all the songs are quite heavily reworked. Mm-hmm. We have a fabulous um, pianist, um, Daryl yes. Wallace. Um, who's just incredibly talented and uh, one of those people that I can just throw the most, I'm not musically trained, the most random directorial cues to and go, you know, I want you to do Euroglider's Heaven, but I want you to make it sound like hell. And he just whips it out and I'm going, yes, that's that's it. Oh, wait, no, more like hell. And he just goes more. <laughs> it's It's been, it's good. We, we're well, very yeah. lucky with Daryl. Well, Daryl is great. And also I've got to mention your, um, we've got to mention your whole team as part of the show. And I will just duck down and get my brochure from last night while you mentioned some of them. Ah, the full caboodle. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, well, I, we should also thank Tanya Field, who's yes. our fabulous um, uh, stagehand mm. and does a um, closing number for us. Um, 
And yeah, if we want to take a quick second just to acknowledge, do the acknowledgements. Um, this season's sponsored by the city of Melbourne, which we're really grateful for. And then we've been partnered uh, up with um, Victorian AIDS Council as our auspice, um, GLHV at Arches, um, Switchboard Victoria, uh, Queer Space, and Transgender Victoria. And we've had great support from all of those organizations and had a fun time cutting a giant cake of our poster on stage. So yes. watch out on the Facebook for um, for those fun pics. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yes, I suppose I have to declare um, financial interest because I had a piece of that cake last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. And, you know, I, I, I will disclose, tra- you know, as obviously someone involved in Transgender Victoria, we're just, you know, hugely proud to support this, um, the fact that it is also so covering of the diversity um, as we said you know that's really important to us and we want to make sure that uh, moving away from the show the thing that comes out of it is that programs that emerge cover the whole rainbow um, we can't leave anyone behind it's just too big an issue and mm. there's mm. lots to cover you know last night the various organizations mentioned things like elder abuse but you know there can be abuse from um, to be fair from minor trans kids to Parents, when they you know, make one pronoun slip, when the parents are trying really hard, mm. that sort of thing. So we want to make sure that people are aware of all the, the nuances of it all, which is important. But I suppose to come back to the journey, Russ, I mean, you know, eventually you got to a point where there was the line in the sand moment. You, well, you use stronger language than I won't be torn apart <laughs> <laughs> at a point. And yeah. You know, um, it's in context, so feel free be, to... That might not be radio language. Yeah, I don't um, know. No, yeah. it's in context. So, um, <laughs> we've used um, the, what, a, what um, the quaint old establishment calls the big two four-letter words on this station before, and there's no problem. So if you have to quote an exact line, go <laughs> for it. Um, you know, but you got to that point, and there are a couple of things along the way. You rang a service, and they just you know, um, didn't know what to do about it, first of all, which I think is really important. And I just wanted to ask you at that point, if you can think back to however many years ago it was, mm. how did you really feel at that point, you know, when you were screaming metaphorically and literally? And um, for me that? for me to have gotten to that stage, yep. um, you know, I was at, I was totally at the lowest ebb in that relationship to that point. Mm. Um, and... Uh, I realised I needed some. I needed some help, and um, so you know, I found in a um, you know in a, in a gay magazine uh, a, a helpline ad. Um, I made the phone call. Um, the person I got on the other end of the phone, like kudos to them. The first question was, "Are you okay?" So fantastic. That was great. Um, the rest of the conversation from that point onwards just went downhill because. They just weren't geared up to deal with somebody who was phoning them um, in a same-sex relationship, which I thought was really surprising considering they were advertising a gay rag. You know Mm. what I mean? I thought that was crazy. Anyway, the end of that conversation was that um, the very best that they could do for me was for me to get him to phone them. Um, You know, so I, I hung up that phone. Um, and this was probably two and a half years into that relationship. It was a five-year relationship. Um, and so I went back into the relationship, figuring that there, there actually wasn't any way out. Yeah, mm. really. I mean, that's really where we went. That's where we went. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, it, it was just a. Re- it was a very. It was a very tough situation. Like, if that service had have provided me with what I needed. Um, I could have saved two and a half years of, um, you know, a, a, a terrible life. 
yeah, mm. and well, less aftermath. I suppose it begs a question. Let's rewind to that time. Had they done what you what you would have needed, what would have what, what would have made it different? What would have been a, bit, a better outcome for you at that point? Because I suppose there's a learning in there for yeah, absolutely. Everyone. I mean, you know, even even if it had have been, you know, this is somewhere you can go. Yep. This is someone you can talk to. This is someone that, you know, we can get you out of that situation right here, right now. Yep. And had that, had that offer had been made to me, um, where my head was at at that point, I would have fled. I would have fled. So, totally. Um, but, you know, that's not how it was. Um, and unfortunately, not quite where we're at in in the yeah. sector yet. Um, no. We've had a lot of big shifts um, with the uh, Royal Commission into Domestic Violence, um, and Victorian governments um, put five point three million dollars for um, specifically LGBTI um, yep. uh, domestic violence. Um, <clears throat> And so we were very, very close to being leading the world in this many ways. Thing. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're close. We're government. close. I would say yeah. right now, um, if uh, it's set up enough that um, the services like Queer Space and VAC um, and Switchboard um, would be able to assist um, someone, we've got like flexible packages at VAC. Um, and um, very soon, what will be the last thing that kind of really draws it together is that the Royal Commission has also um, said that uh, pretty much that all the um, mainstream domestic violence services also need to be geared up to be able to handle any mm. phone call from anyone in, I- in any kind of relationship of any gender. Um, and if they themselves can't um, provide service to that person, they need to know how to do a proper referral um, and get that person straight into the places that can. So that will be the, the last piece of the puzzle. Um, and I think that's that's when Victoria will really be leading the world. I think, you know, we, we are well up there, you know, I, I'm, you know, putting my professional hat on as well for a second, you know, having a chat to someone overseas, there's been research, but there's not a lot of programs yet, which surprised me. Sometimes we think there's a bigger charitable sector in, say, Europe and USA and that sort of thing, but not huge. So we've got a great chance to do things. We should mention all the various numbers um, again. Switchboard 1800 which operates from three till midnight um, in... Uh, well, Eastern Australian time, but then that extends through because the same times operate with the linkage across the various similar services around mm-hmm. the country. Quizspace, which operates... Um, Nine off, to five for that number. Yeah, 1-800-LGBTIQ, so a great um, num- easy number to remember. And then for victims, survivors support or programs using that violence call, we've got the VAC number as well. Mm. Yeah, one eight hundred one three four eight four zero. Um, and and if you were to ring the um, the queer space number between nine to five, um, they do have uh, LGBTI specific domestic violence workers who are able to do that intake call and safety plan with a person on the spot. Thanks. So that's that's pretty amazing. Um, and not a lot of other states and territories have anything like that yet. So, right. well, this is the thing. What we're gonna what will be done here will you know sort of spare a lot of Russes of all genders and sexualities a lot of pain, or not just beyond this mm. side of the Murray or border town, but beyond and beyond Cape York Peninsula and Broome, uh, which I just, you know, I have to say professionally I'm excited and also a little challenged by that, but it's, um, 
you know, the team of people that's in there, you know, um, a lot of people, all those partners we mentioned who had a quick spiel on stage last night, the expertise we've got, I think, can rise to the challenge, which is important, mm. and hopefully get people out of situations, which I suppose is where I want to bring it all together for you, Russ. So you eventually did get out. Yep. Um, you know, sort of how did you get, we'll say, the strength to do that? Was there a particular thing and how the, did you feel then at that point? <laughs> there, there was a light bulb moment for me. Um, there was a light bulb moment for me when um, I was um, so physically damaged that, um, you know, it ended up being surgeries and uh, whatever. And it was being, I guess, being in the hospital and being away from... Um, uh, my partner um, gave me some time to, you know, really have a think about the value of uh, the value of this relationship, and you know, I made up my mind that it was time that that I wasn't there. Um, interestingly enough, and this is something that I do talk about in the show, is that I did escape. Um, mm. I moved, um, and then for the next six months, um, I just took over from him, and I did to myself um, all the things that I've been programmed into. So um, all the emotional, and all the emotional abuse. and psychological yeah. abuse and, and and whatever. And so you know, I I, I continued just to damage myself mm. um, for a six month period after that. And we know the research shows that that's the most crucial time for um, uh-huh. any um, survivor is um, directly after the relationship for two reasons. One, because of the you know huge shakeup in in yeah. um, you know what's happening in their life um, and the the overall damage of the um, abuse. Um, um, but also that's when a perpetrator triples their efforts. Um, oh, control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. And so, so that's a really a vulnerable time. Um, and so um, the services uh, that are being set up and, and that exist um, now um, are really geared towards um, being able to provide as much um, support as possible during that crucial time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, you've you've got it there. You know, at least you know we are learning from you know experiences such as yours, which means we will be able to, you know, put the best effort in to make sure we can minimise the pain at the vulnerable point. It's never mm. easy to change a deep rooted habit or belief. Mm. No, that's right. And if right. it's been pushed into with such extremity, gosh, mm-hmm. you know, so you know it can be really raw and turbulent and that sort of thing. So you know, if that's been recognised, then. I suppose, does that give you a little bit of sense of a bit more healing in a way, Russ, you know, that now we are seeing these things talked about and services on more services on the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just, um, I guess from my, from my perspective, being able to, to get up on the stage and do this show, um, and, and explore all of those avenues and all of those areas and, and, um, you know, of, of what these relationships, um, are like and, and be able to move through that process um, and show people that you can survive this, you know, that there is a positive, there is a positive at the end of it. And, and, and that's what this show is about, you know. Yes, we allow you to feel all those things along the way, but at the end of it, you know, it's a survivor who's on the stage. And I think that that is just so important for people that are in these sorts of situations to know that there is a way out, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's really the message that I'm trying to get across to people. Yeah, totally. 
It does lead to the question, though. I mean, you know, trauma perhaps never goes away 100%. We might get to 98 or 9%. Mm. How are you doing self-care, doing doing this show? Because, you know, it's it still could be a little raw. And there were some emotional moments totally understandably last night. Yeah. Um, how are you managing that? Because I guess there's lots of people in rainbow communities who have all sorts of stories to tell. Mm. Um, but, you know, can be worried about that. And I'll put my hand up and say that I've got some ideas out that indirectly came out of your show last night. Um, you know, but, you know, even just I, you know, t- tell a bit of my personal story when doing training and education. And, you know, at times it's challenging. How do you manage to do it? What sort of, do you have any, a couple of tips for people who are thinking, um, I'd like to, but? Yeah. Uh, I, I Look, the first one and the, the first thing that I ever say to anybody that asks me that question is that, um, this is not the sort of show that you can do if um, if you're treating it as some form of therapy, uh-huh. right? You have to you have to be healed. Uh-huh. You know, you can't give this. You can't give what I need to give to um, an audience if if I was using that as my own therapy. Just it, because I've got to go to some really really dark places oh, yeah. during this show. Um, for the audience to get the to, for the audience to get the experience. Now that would be so damaging to me if I wasn't healed. So you know, I'm in a wonderful relationship. I have a wonderful partner, um, and you know, the strength of that relationship is the thing that allows me to be able to get up on the stage and revisit that that other relationship. Because I know that when I get off the stage, I can leave him up there, and I'm going home to a wonderful place. Mm. Fair enough. Thanks, darling. Um, If the listeners could feel the smiles coming through their speakers or whatever, and they're doing that, and it's totally true. And I think, you know what, you've got to get away to uh, a show this afternoon. We've gone a bit over the time we scheduled, so I think that's a really nice note to leave on. We should just say there will be counsellors on hand at every performance who will identify be identified at the start of the show. So if there's anything triggering for an audience member, there's really qualified queer friendly people on hand yep. mm-hmm. um, but also you know all sorts of friendly um and there's still tickets available yeah there's still tickets available so yes, available. what is the we should mention the full details yes, of how to get tickets this yeah. season um so we are playing at the bella union um for um today through to the 28th of july Yep. Um, there are evening shows and matinees. So um, if you're one of those kind of people who likes to go to bed early, um, we still love you and we want you to come to our daytime ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Bella Union is inside the Trades Hall um, at 54 Victoria Street, Carlton. It's a fabulous venue. We're Indeed. really happy to be there. Um, and you can get your tickets at uh, myothercloset.thecabaret.com. Cool, and it is. I noticed there was someone who um, needed wheelchair accessibility last night. Yep. So there's that angle. Um, there's of course drinks at the bar, um, which and um, there's tickets at the door as well. Tickets you at can the buy door. tickets at the door. So lots of ways to get there, and I've got to mention also there's a special show coming up this. Thursday, um, the twentieth, um, for um, the bi community. Yeah, yes, yeah, we absolutely. really appreciate that. The Bisexual Alliance, um, yeah, are hosting a little meetup um, at our show, which um, is really important. And I had a good conversation um, with a few people about um, why we really went after um, some of those uh, so social support groups because. Um, you know, that's I think a, as we said, this is an issue that um, goes into all 
parts of the rainbow. Yep. Um, and so I think for those kinds of groups to take the time to go, you know, sometimes we go and meet up and do fun things, but let's go and, and do this show together. And then we can really think about how this affects our community and, and have that kind of bystander awareness where um, if anybody in that, um, uh, you know, in that, in that um, particular part of the um, uh, rainbow um, was having this experience, you'd have a whole group of people um you know with the with the background of having seen the show the information in their heads to be able to rally around that person yep. so. so we've got an, um, a special one on thursday as part of the season um but it's a special show and of, um, of course you've got a busy week because um friday the 21st for the or service provider types we've got a big con- um, conference on perpetrators mm. um, um held no, at collingwood town hall and the interest is there. It had to be moved from a smaller venue, which says something. That's fantastic, um, isn't so it? So people are willing to listen and learn and, and you know be supportive, which is all we've probably ever really asked in a way. So yeah. um, you're doing an amazing piece of pioneering work here too. Um, it's really you know breaking new ground, and as we said, you know it's part of the work that will go way beyond Victoria. So. Thank you for coming in. I'd better let you get, I know it's a short distance down the road, but we'd better let you get um, to your curtain call. Um, really appreciate you coming in, um, particularly after a late night last night. And, well, I say very much blessed be for all the great work. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you so Sally. much. Yeah. Thanks. And we'll go out of this interview. Well, there really is only one musical choice, um, and it's in the program, which listeners um, will find when they get there. Gloria Gaynor, 3CR855PM <laughs> digital, 3CR.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally, and thanks to guests Russ and Matt. Are you feeling tired? Bored? Restless? Are you searching for something new and exciting or even unexpected? Well, you could go find yourself a hobby. Or, instead, tune in to Rebellious Jukebox, one and a half hours of diverse music every Monday night from 12 to 1.30am on 3CR, 8.55am, or streaming at 3cr.org.au. Smith Street Dreaming has become one of the area's most anticipated street festivals, featuring Pigeon Jarra Man, Frank Yammer, Soul Diva Emma Donovan, Hip Hoppers Young Warriors, Indigenous Hip Hop Projects Wurundjeri Dance Group Jindy Warabak, MC Shelley Ware from the Mangook Footy Show and much more. Smith Street Dreaming on the corner of Smith and Stanley Streets, Collingwood, Saturday the 22nd of July, 1 till 5pm. Smith Street Dreaming. One street, many mobs, one community. This is an alcohol and drug free event a 3CR supporter. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and on demand out of the pan with Sally Gosh. Thanks to Russ and Matt for their time today. We and um, they do have um, to get down just not too far down the road from the three CR um, headquarters, but um, all the same um, you know, they, um, you know, sort of um, ca- um, came in and had a chat, which is really cool. And, yeah, look, agreed. We've got to talk about these things. Our communities are not um, perfect at times. We know that. Um, it's a challenge. But 
we can't just walk away either and say, well, it's too hard or be intimidated by those who would drag us down whatever we did anyways. Um, so, yeah, um, to heck with, to heck with um, you know, them. We have to, um, you know, sort of stand up for ourselves and do what will resolve issues. And I think that what will come out of this, um, um, the work that Russ and Matt are doing, is that I think there'll be a huge awareness of um, benefits as well for broader community that people will look at gender in more detail and go, okay, um, it's not um, as simplistic as, and I'm being very simplistic in my language, blokey bloke, you know, and being abusive towards feminine female or something. We'll see all sorts of things that will mean we can tackle stuff and make it better. So well done. And once again, I will just run the numbers by at the various times they exist. Um, switchboard as part of QLife 1800 184527. Um, Quizbase in Business Hours 1800 LGBTIQ and Vaxline 1800-134840. All right. Very quickly, as well as um, my The Closet coming up this week, you've got Alphabet Soup um, in um, um, Northcote or Westgarth to be precise um, at Denbar on this Tuesday. A trans cafe night for Seahorse members. Um, check seahorsevic.com. Dent TV, um, continuing on, on Friday nights, and um, also the Trans Anxiety Group and Trans Family are on this Saturday, um, both coincidentally at the same Carlton location, and The Shed for trans men next Sunday. So lots of um, places to get support, Um, and of course Tuesday week is the Bi Discussion Group in the Northern, so a couple of groups, um, things for bi people, which is very, very welcome, and as... um, uh, mentioned did a great interview with um, Washington Blade on um, the world bisexual movement this week, so I'll keep an eye out for that piece. Um, the interviewer is very, very supportive um, of um, you know, sort of um, they're getting as many voices in as we can. Um, just a quick update on the story of the last two weeks, the Pride Centre. No huge major developments this week. Um, apparently there will be a meeting of the Pride Centre board in the last week of July, so um, that's starting on the 24th. We'll keep an eye on that and see what comes out of it. Um, so, you know, so no more huge developments. Thanks again to everyone for their support. And I had a lovely postcard um, in this week um, from... Um, from Ruth, um, who was, um, you know, supportive of the show. And it's um, 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 really great that there is the support out there. Uh, There can be a tendency, in the words also of Paul Kelly, don't ever harm the messenger. Well, sometimes people do. Uh, So a bit in the firing line. But as mentioned last week, trans and often underrepresented communities are mobilising. Lots of stories going around on young Gemma Cowling, um, the Adelaide model, who um, is a trans trailblazer, always good to see. Um, you know, we're going to do a walk for David Jones in an Australian first, which is pretty cool. And also, there's lots of a young trans person is in a movie that was being filmed this week, which is pretty exciting as well. So, yes, there's some tough stuff at times, but there's you know lots of swallows that make a summer. Um, Take it out today, um, just, I suppose, because we can, um, with Midnight Oil um, from the Screaming Blue live album, originally off 10987654321. Well, you wouldn't read about it, but you heard about it on Out of the Pan. Thanks for tuning in, listening of all genders. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya 
next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.